Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. It's the start of tech conference season and over the next couple of weeks I get some views from one of the biggest of all of the shows, VMworld. I ask my guests what did they get up to, what did they learn, what did VMware talk about and are VMware headed in the right direction? And of course I ask, VMworld, was it good for you? Enjoy the show. First I call with Becky Elliott. Becky is a Senior Systems Administrator for a US government contract company and I got her views on her first visit to VMworld. Hi Becky, how are you? I'm good, how are you Paul? Yeah, real well Becky, thanks. So um, so you, you've just come back from uh, VMworld in Vegas and um, so, so tell us a little bit about your experience. Well actually before you do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what it is you do and, uh, and then maybe dig into a little bit about your, your VMworld experience. My name is Becky Elliott. I'm a Senior System Administrator for Resource Management Concepts. We are a small business U.S. government contractor. Um, we do work specifically for the U.S. Navy, and I'm also a member of the NetApp team. Cool, great stuff. And uh, yeah, so we, we won't ask too much about what uh, what you do for the U.S. government, um, uh, just because that might get me into trouble. Um, so um, yeah, so so you, like I say you just come back from VMworld in Vegas. Um, so so how was that? How was that experience for you? It was an awesome experience. There were a lot of really good sessions on cloud and coding and lots of things other than just the typical VMware, the VCR yeah. host. And so was this, uh, was this your first trip? It was. Yeah, and so, so how was it? Was it what you expected? Was it, uh, yeah, was it was totally different? See, I, I guess you've been to other kind of uh, IT shows and stuff in the in the past, but was this was this different to the other shows, or or pretty much what you expected? It was. I mean, it, I mean, it was some, somewhat similar, but it was like a larger scale. I went to Insight last year, and then at Insight, and it was a lot larger than that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so well, we we're talking a little bit off air before about some of the things that um, that you found interesting at the show. So, so do you want to share that with the audience? Um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe two or three of the things that really stood out for you. You know, things that that you found really interesting, whether they were new announcements or just some just something you learned. What what were some of the kind of the key takeaways you got from the event? So I attended the hackathon. And so you, that was yeah. basically, it was basically 15 teams. They had projects ahead of time that we kind of agreed on. And so we worked from like 8 p.m. to probably like midnight on our projects. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that was pretty neat. So, so what kind of stuff, what kind of projects were people doing? What, what kind of stuff did, uh, did you learn doing that? So the, the winning team, they wrote code that basically shamed users that logged in as root, which I thought was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, nothing like some user shaming um, at, a, right, at a tech yeah. conference, I find. Yeah, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome too because they used the they used the they used the image from Game of Thrones with okay. like the nun, like in their presentation. So it was, it was pretty awesome. And, and so, what did you do? What did your team do? So my team, we worked on implementing the. VCR 6.5 hardening guides using Vester. Okay. And Vester is it's it's a configuration management module that was written by Chris Wall. Yeah. And, and so did you? Um, so is that something you've used before? Was that was that something new that you learned? No, it was it was completely new. Uh, and so is that um, so? So is that kind of automation something that you you know you can take back into into your day to day world and, and something you, you might be able to use in the future? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so, and the, sorry, yeah, carry on, go on. Oh, 
also one of the really neat things is that you can also use it to sort of get a baseline for your host. So you could your host and your VM, so you could basically capture like how many CPUs a VM had and kind of store that somewhere like Subversion, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so is that um, so? So is I mean, in your role, is that something that is a practical? Because we're seeing that quite a lot now. That actually part of a you know good good IT practice is to be able to do that yeah. kind of thing where you baseline stuff. So you know you can do both configuration change control, but also look for potential kind of potential breach where you might see these things get changed. So is that is right. that something that you guys look at? Is that something you can use? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, uh, and what about the keynote sessions? You, you know, was there some things there that you, you took away? You know, was there was some interesting messages? Maybe things you'd not necessarily expected VMware to cover? I didn't watch a lot of the keynotes. I know that sounds horrible. I saw the one <laughs> for App Defense, and I thought that looked really interesting because I saw last year where they had the micro-segmentation yeah. where Tom Corn did that, and I the app defense is kind of the next iteration of that, and I think that looks really neat. So, can, so for so people who have not heard about app defense, yeah, what, what's that? What, what does that do? So, if you've worked in security, you generally use something like host intrusion protection, and so this is like a more proactive where things get whitelisted, which is which is generally a lot more secure than where you're denying things that you know are threats. So, this is something that you can build into your. Uh, kind of VMware infrastructure as a, a as a way of uh, as a way of managing the kind of applications and things that users can use, yeah. or the kind of things that can get um, you know the kind of things that can get kind of used and, and operated within your entire infrastructure. So you know, so you're nailing down um, the idea that you know people people can't run applications they're not supposed to, and you you don't get in yeah. you don't get applications in your infrastructure that you shouldn't. Yeah, so, so that sounds quite interesting stuff. And again, is that is that something you obviously is a little bit familiar with that? But you know, have you seen that kind of um, you know have you kind of seen that leap forward uh, over the last twelve months to say actually yeah that's something that we could we could really use significantly? So we're mandated on the tools that we can use. And yeah. so I, I can kind of see, like, at some point, like, going down the future, that that could be something that would be mandated. So was there, um, you know, so obviously it, it's an investment going to a show like VMworld. So was there, was there anything, um, any kind of particular business problems, you know, again, with, with within the realms of what you can share, was there any kind of business problems that you, you took with you to the event to think, well, these are the kind of things I'd like to look out to solve? You know, was, was there one or two kind of key issues that you're seeing that, that you're hoping that, that VMworld might give you some answers to? Right. So ours are, like, a little more practical. We aren't, like, major into the cloud yet. It's... So I'm a contractor for the government, so they're generally kind of slow towards that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I, I took a lot of the sessions on basically diving into performance on host. Okay. And, like, I, I took a really good session on, like, basically virtualized SQL performance. So I kind of went the more practical route. Yeah, so and, and it's funny because over the last couple of episodes of the show, you know, we've, we've been looking at um, this kind of idea of 
people understanding the basics, you know, being able to baseline and assess where their, their current infrastructure is, uh, because it's easy for us all to get very excited about moving to the cloud or digital transformation. But actually, if we don't know some of these these basic things, then um, you know that that can be actually a real problem that stops us achieving you know some of that 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 transformation migration, whatever you want to call it. So, 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 so did you feel that was a you know the VMworld gave you a good grounding in that? It, it allowed you to to understand some basic concepts and you know and or, you know maybe some advanced concepts that will allow you to optimize and understand the kind of infrastructures you look at a, a, a lot better yes absolutely yeah so so uh, well look, I, I mean just to wrap up um because uh, you know obviously we're, we're we're recording this ahead of uh, people listening to it and what people don't know is you've given up your labor day to talk to me which is uh, which is very generous of you um so so to wrap up so you can get back to uh, enjoying your holiday um was there um yeah, you know, is a kind of a a key thing that you you took away from the event. Something that you not necessarily even something you're going to implement, but even if it was like a, a kind of a strategic view of something that was covered, was was there a key thing that you took away and thought, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how that develops, or I'd like to see how we can utilise that in our business longer term. So I'm a huge fan of automation and Power CLI and PowerShell, and what I took away from this is that I really need to start leveraging using APIs and kind of getting into that space. Yeah, automate all of the things. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Becky, well, look, great. Um, uh, you know, appreciate that. Um, uh, and, you know, I don't know whether uh, you've, because um, again, I, you know, uh, you've got a, a role working in some kind of sensitive contracts, but I don't know whether if people wanted to find out a little bit more about some of your thoughts, whether you've got uh, some way of following you on social media. So you can follow me on Twitter at Becky L. Elliott, E L L I O T T. And I also have a website, BeckyElliott.com. Cool. Well, Becky, look, really appreciate that. Thanks for giving us a view of, uh, of, of your trip to VMworld. Uh, is it something you're hoping to go to again? Absolutely. It was, it was an incredible experience. Lots of awesome people there. Well, that's great. Look, Becky, thanks for your time. And uh, hey, you, ha you have a great day uh, hiking, which is, um, for, which is what you're going to do next, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, Becky. Th thanks very much. Thanks great for your time. Okay, I'm joined by uh, two more two more guests who've uh, just come back from VMworld in Vegas, um, Mark Carlton and Michael Cade. So uh, both people you may recognise from uh, from previous shows. Uh, I think um, both of them on the show almost as much as I am, uh, which considering I host it is is quite an achievement. Um, but for people who don't know them, um, maybe maybe guys, you'd like to introduce yourselves uh, and tell people a little bit about what you do, and then we'll dig into kind of what you thought of your uh, your VMworld 2017 experience. So um, so Michael, you know, just want to introduce yourself first yeah so i'm a technical evangelist over at over at veeam and basically that means i get to go to all of these conferences and i take on the the breakout sessions but i also get to speak to all of these different audiences and find out their feedback of not only using our technologies but all the technologies that are associated to that that whole data center piece or more recently around public clouds um yeah that's kind of what I, what I do and then given that so VMworld in Vegas this is my first first VMworld ever even though I've had VCP VExpert for the last three to five years this was the first chance I got to got to head out there to the to this particular conference okay and, uh, and Mark what about you 
Um, so yeah, I'm the uh, Group Technical Services Manager at Concord. Um, so again, like Mike, this is my first VMworld. Um, and part of my, my role going out to VMworld is to look at different technologies and um, look how we can bring them back in and talk to customers and, uh, and really feed back into customers about what's going on within the industry. So I use um, I, I'm I'm luckily lucky enough to uh, attend multiple conferences per year, and and, and VMworld was a was a great one this year to uh, to get part of. Um, one of the other uh, areas with VMworld this year was that I was there to support the the, the NetApp uh, side of what I do and uh, and 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 the A team side of things. With that, uh, so I got well involved and, and got the chance to present as well. Okay, my you, you were well. You were both very uh, very busy, and um, so I will ask you, mate, mate Mark. I'll, I'll start with you. Um, so, so considering you, you know, part of your role there was to look at um, kind of a, a, you know VMware strategically and and look at the kind of things that they are doing that might be useful to your customers longer term. I mean, what were some of the key messages then that you you picked up on uh, during your time there that? That kind of gave you an idea of the direction that VMware were going and the, the kind of business challenges that they think they're going to be solving uh, in the future. Yeah, I think I think one of the areas that I kind of concentrated on as well when I was looking around uh, um, was um, really taking that conversation away from such as the technology and, and how customers are wanting applications delivered to them and how they can secure those applications. So one of the things I was quite interested in was the Workspace ONE uh, products um, and how that's like, been bottled onto that AirWatch and, and, and use that to deliver applications securely within um, customers' environments. So uh, really starting to um, create that digital transformation as such for them. Um, I think one of the one of the, the, the big areas and and that I saw from even the vendors when I was going around talking to vendors, it was it was all about uh, security and management, um, bringing those those capabilities together to be able to really give a, a better customer experience. Um, it's like VMware; they they're growing larger and larger. Before when we first started with VMware, it was just looking at virtual machines. Now we're into virtual networking, virtual security. Uh, firewalls, so you got things like NSX and and those products. Now into more the application delivery side, they they seem to be growing and growing and taking over more and more of the stack. But the the the, the key thing is is they're working with vendors to be able to deliver that. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's an interesting challenge. And uh, I know myself and Michael have spoken about this before. The the idea that uh, you know because Michael works for a, a technology vendor as well in Veeam. That one of the challenges that I think these companies come across is as they're as, as the market starts to change and maybe shift away from where they've been uh, historically strong, uh, one of the challenges I think they have to face is, well, how do they look to, to remain relevant? I mean, for you, Michael, I mean, what, what were some of the messages that you heard that, um, you know, made you feel positive that, that you know, VMware were continuing to change, continuing to evolve, to, to remain relevant to, to, you know, the customers that you work with in, in the future? Yeah, so I guess, obviously, they've been around a while, so Veeam and Ultimately, the underpinning of Veeam as we've grown over these 10 years is is it's been on the VMware hypervisor. It's Hyper-V as well, but you're looking at around 85% of our customer base is still sitting on that vSphere type environment, that traditional vSphere environment on-premises, and that's how their that's how their their infrastructure looks. So to go to VMworld and hear about VMware, well, so last year the announcements were around VMware on AWS, 
a year on this is where we're hearing about how this looks from an infrastructure as a service type play using the same tool sets as as they, those typical customers have have used on premises is will be ported into into using this public cloud IaaS offering but it wasn't just AWS there's mention around Google from a container point of view with Kubernetes IBM cloud was very much part of this as well so they kind of had that public cloud and I think that's how VMware is staying relevant by their transition in their um, their tool set, their their products to suit both the traditional on-premises uh, vSphere environments, whether that be with just infrastructure or whether that be VDI things like that, but also stretching that out into into the public cloud and how that can be how that can be leveraged as well as if the price point and the efficiencies and all of that good stuff starts to take effect. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that um, stood out for me, one of the announcements they made was talking about um, the, the way they're starting to position NSX as this kind of um, connectivity tissue, if you like, that, that pulls together multiple uh, different platforms. So it doesn't matter whether your data center is running all its VMs on-prem or whether you've got stuff in the cloud, and it doesn't necessarily matter which cloud that is. Um, and, and I know, having spoken with uh, Veeam before, that's... Uh, that's an area that, that you guys also are, are kind of keen on, this idea of simplifying the, the ability to move your workloads around and make sure they're, they're always where they need to be, always available in the right places. I mean, was was that something that, that kind of uh, appealed to you as well? I mean, is that, did that come across in that way? Again, yeah, that absolutely resonates. I mean, so we're all part of the, the NetApp A team as well. So they're, they're talking about a data fabric, uh, VMware less in their vision stride I, I imagine is is around the NSX but ultimately if you look under the covers for things like VMware on AWS that's completely underpinned by uh, that that NSX piece as well as vSAN from a, a storage perspective so it could be stretched along and over or it's using that vSAN technology and the NSX technology for the networking so yeah that's definitely a big thing for us as well is that really we don't care whether it's an on-premises piece of VMware that's running or whether it's in AWS or whether it's using IBM Bluemix we don't ultimately that's our our vision is is being able to protect any any workload on any infrastructure so it doesn't so that it's good to I guess validate what we're where we're going to kind of tick those boxes and say yeah we, we sound like we're going in the, in the right direction as well. So just to, just pick up on that with you, Mark, as well. You know, obviously the idea of uh, this year they they kind of fleshed out the idea of, of VMware and AWS um, uh, a lot more, um, and it's quite a divisive topic. It seems that some people uh, don't really see the point, don't really see the point of putting VMware inside a public cloud, whereas others are seeing it as a um, as a real benefit. The idea that putting something that they understand and something they're familiar with on a public cloud platform with all of the public cloud benefits ha has some real use. I mean, do, do you have a take on, on that? You know, how, how did that look to you and, and what you see in your customers? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a, a big thing for our customers because they're looking for more cloud opportunities. And, and I, I think because it comes up in lots of different subject matters now, especially between, um, or, or, or should I say different... Um, different design scopes when, when we're talking to customers, they want that cloud opportunity. They want to have that scale and that that movement of the same environment as such, but within a cloud environment. Um, it's been restricted beforehand and because of the VMware on AWS and that stretch capability and being able to move your, move your data seamlessly between those two environments, 
I think that's where where, um, where where the customers are really going to resonate from it because it, again it brings it down to that management piece, that one management tool to be able to um, to, to be able to look at both both environments um, and and deliver what the customer needs. And I, I, the more more we're moving more into that public cloud and those public cloud conversations. Um, VMware, as as Michael said earlier, they, they they're kind of showing how the um, working with different product sets uh, or, or different public cloud vendors to be able to deliver their solution across lots of different platforms, be, making themselves more agnostic. Okay, well, well, that's um, yeah, that's, that's good feedback. And and uh, Michael, so you you had something to add to that as well? Yeah. So if if you look at all of if you look at the messaging from the public cloud guys. The AWSs, the Googles, the IBMs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. or maybe not even IBM, but mostly the public clouds, is that they want you to use their native offerings, their EC2 instances, their EBS, blah blah blah. That that kind of fits, but that needs a whole new skill set for that for those for your engineers who know vSphere or they know Hyper-V and they know the storage and they they've spent their whole IT career training to to accelerate the the on-premises solution so actually by putting that vSphere layer on that they know and giving them that same interface as mark said it means that you don't have to then go out and reskill against all of these new technology or these features that the public cloud are bringing i think that's quite a compelling point yes it it could cost quite a bit to move into this layered approach but i think fundamentally it, it it does make it, it. It really does hit the easy button for the for those sort of environments. At least to dip their toe in the water to to public cloud. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, and actually, and not something I'd really thought about. But yeah, the idea of taking a an existing skill set and moving it onto a new platform as as kind of a starting point, you know, has has real benefit for for businesses. All you know, would so been able to take advantage of something like AWS without vast retraining costs is um, you know, has a has a lot of benefit. I think. Um, well, look, as, as we uh, just look to wrap up here, um, Mark, if there was if kind of one thing that you could uh, the the one thing that really stuck with you from VMworld, you know, one one kind of message that was was interesting uh what what might that be what was a what was a one thing that perhaps you'd, you'd take away from the show above all else well well for me it was a, what really impressed me about the show this year and and with it being vm world it, it and like i say my first time everything kind of it was absorbing everything in and um if if i was to to take away one thing it's it's partnership uh, from from what they what what we're looking at there there were so many different vendors and and what they um what they were offering around vmware uh, and and how vmware worked with them um i think that's that's really showing how how what vmware is capable of it's a case of you can use VMware anywhere. It's agnostic. It works with anybody, whether it be a different storage vendor or a different service provider, a, a server, or whether you're working within the cloud environments. It's got an answer to it. it, it it's got an answer to work on lots of different platforms. So I think that the partnership side of things and what I took away from that was was a really big plus this year for VMworld. And I've, I've not really been to a conference like that before where where it has been so much information from so many different places. Mm. 
Oh, yeah, okay, and that's interesting. I think and VMworld certainly um, seems to do that, doesn't it? Pulls lots and lots of different partners in because everybody's kind of got something uh, that plugs into the, the VMworld infrastructure, the ecosystem. So, um, well, Michael, I mean, just to just to wrap up from you, uh, maybe slightly different question. Obviously, you're there as, uh, with a with a, a, a technology partner of VMware's in Veeam. Um, what were some of the things that you guys were covering? Yeah, what what were the, some of the messages from Veeam at VMworld? So the, the number one thing, the biggest announcement for us us guys was around the VMware on AWS and the fact that that same console, that same Veeam backup management capability is applicable within infrastructures that reside on that VMware on AWS. So seamlessly being able to back up those with the same tool sets that you've been able to back up on-premises, but also there from a replication point of view, the APIs are all all exposed in very much the same way. There are a few caveats that we can touch on maybe later on, but really it it allows us to just work and being the joint joint um, first to be able to support that, getting our name on the big big screen on that day one general session was was quite a big big deal, and then being able to speak to customers that are really interested in in looking at that. And I think the the second piece was around we so we partnered with uh, a company called Sov Labs uh, around a VRA plugin for the, for their for backup as a service so it really uses everything under the hood from Veeam but they expose it through uh, vRealize automation and to be able to do things like just simply backing up a virtual machine from that same uh, console if you want, if you will rather than having to go into separate interfaces so it's all about how do we give back more time to the the administrator how do we give more resource back to the to the company to be doing more interesting things but at the same time by keeping everything still using either the same interface or or similar tool sets to be able to achieve what what we want to achieve and that's ultimately giving that that availability message uh, you know well again i mean i think it's um I always find it quite interesting that the way uh, you know technology companies work together because ultimately you know customers want solutions and I think um, VMware perhaps more than most you know maybe VMware and Microsoft probably are the the two great examples of this aren't they where that that partnership ecosystem allows customers to build full solutions that are built on and going back to your point earlier on actually about the idea of VMware on AWS to be able to take these kind of sets of solutions they all dovetail together makes the you know make, makes the customer experience that much more straightforward and allows them to concentrate on delivering delivering value so so it's great to hear you guys are, are, are continuing to do that and develop that you know e- even alongside vmware's journey changing a little bit so um so it sounds like a sounds like for both of you it's been a been a good show real good experience yep i agree um, yeah i really enjoyed it Mm-hmm. Well, look, if, if people want to catch up with you uh, on on social media, find out a little bit more about your uh, VMworld experience. And I know Michael, you've uh, you've written a blog post uh, just pointing out just how busy you was for a week in Vegas. Um, <laughs> but but where can people find you? Where can people stalk you online? Apart from they can look at the previous episodes where you've told people that uh, as I plug my back catalogue. Yeah, so you can find me on on the Twitters at MichaelCade1, uh, and then also at vzilla.co.uk. So yeah, and everything by the close of play around VMworld Europe, which we're just about to get get packed up and head out there for, I will have things on VMware on AWS from a Veeam point of view, as well as some other stuff that we presented on whilst we were there about 
Vvols about Vsan and that kind of next generation storage stuff. So I'll, I'll be touching on that that stuff while on there. And uh, Mark, where can uh, people hunt you down? Uh, again, on Twitter at mcarlton1983, and uh, you can find me on my blog at justswitchitonandoff.com. Okay, guys. Well, look, thanks very much. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on uh, on VMworld 2017, and uh, look forward to catching up with you uh, both again soon. Uh, so on this case, I've managed to catch up with uh, with a, a, a kind of different guest for VMworld uh, 2017. So this is somebody who actually wasn't out in Vegas, but um, pro- probably used the Vegas show as a bit of preparation for his uh, his trip out to uh, to Barcelona uh, to uh, see VMworld Europe uh, in, in action. So I'm joined by uh, Barry Coombs. Hi, Barry. Hi there, Paul. Thank you very much for for having me on the podcast. Oh, thanks, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. I know you're kind of packing to to head out to Barcelona for for VMworld Europe. Um, so, oh, well, before we talk about VMworld, why, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, uh, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, I'm, I'm Barry Coombs. Um, I'm a virtualization uh, blogger, architect. Uh, I run a, a technical pre-sales and architecture team here at Computer World. Um, I've been blogging, I think, for about six, seven years now, and, and the reason I started was I found I was taking a hell of a lot from the community, being a consultant and an architect. You, you kind of get to those moments where you kind of start to Google the answers or look at what other people are doing, and you always end up on community blogs. So I thought it was time to give back a bit. started blogging myself, was lucky enough to become a VMware V-Expert, which I've now been for many years. Um, got a very understanding wife and have written a few books on VMware Horizon and things like that. So, uh, yeah, not much of a social life, but really into the technical community, giving back a bit and, and sharing my thoughts and ideas. How much more of a social life could you possibly need uh, oh, exactly. than, than that? Um, so, um, yeah, so as I said in the, kind of the introduction, you, you've, uh, you've approached VMworld slightly differently. So the other folk I spoke to around Vegas last week, but actually you weren't. Um, but you did, I think, watch some of the keynotes and stuff um, ahead of time. Um, and I'm assuming kind of a, a little bit in, in preparation for going to uh, to VMworld Europe. So, um, so, so is that accurate? Is that I mean, is that the reason that you did that? Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, what kind of things uh, stood out for you, uh, kind of in the keynotes that you saw, and, and what are you interested in finding out a little bit more about next week? Definitely. So, so I do like to, to kind of uh, follow all the uh, announcements as they happen. Obviously, this year is a little bit different to any other because we've um, normally had a, a gap of a month or two between the US and the European conference, but this time it's, it's just over a week uh, difference between those two conferences. Um, I've become kind of uh, known in the in, uh, in the industry or certainly on Twitter sphere for doing something called Doodles, um, which started their life of me just creating um, quick and easy to remember guides of what I've learned from a, a keynote or a session or something like that. It's my handwriting, some pictures or diagrams to help me kind of understand. But um, I, I, they seem to be well uh, received on Twitter and uh, help people kind of remember the, the key aspects from any keynote. So I've actually got mine in front of me here just to remind me of actually what I did learn. So that, that was the primary reason that I was um, tuned in to, to the podcast. Sorry, not to the podcast, to the to the live stream coming out of uh, VMworld, um, and obviously, yeah, just to make sure I'm aware of the announcements. I, I meet customers constantly; they expect me to to be aware of everything to do with VMware. Uh, so it's good for me to do that, and excited now to be heading out to to Barcelona. Um, and it, it it was quite a good year. I think uh, VMware um, did something a little bit different with the general sessions this year. I thought it was a, little, a lot more slick than it has been for the last few years. Pat Gelsinger was uh, doing the the majority on um, 
stage with then kind of interviews and customer experiences then kind of just going off on to the sideline. Um, and for VMware, they were really kind of starting to kind of set up their stall as to who are VMware as we're moving into this cloud generation because I think it has been um, a little bit of a gray area. Customers are used to relying on VMware in their data centers. We've been on this amazing journey of physical to virtual over the last probably eight to nine years, about the same length that I've been um, dealing with uh, with VMware itself. Um, however, sort of certainly my customers are starting to ask me where, where does VMware fit into the future vision? and future strategy if I move into the cloud. Um, we, we saw VMware um, try and get into the kind of cloud provider market with vCloud Air, which really was a no-starter whilst um, I was really bought into the messaging, bought into what they were being able to pitch to be able to move your workloads backwards and forth, no vendor locking. It simply didn't work for them. They didn't have the investment behind them. They were unable to compete with people like AWS and Azure. So that kind of really left a gap as to where, where VMware are going to be. And I think they've what they've done at this VMworld is really cemented as to how the business is pivoting and making themselves um, a, a good partner to be with in the future. And they kind of summed that up into kind of three areas, I think. One was the data center modernization. Obviously, VMware is still a critical part of that, but NSX is now central to everything that VMware are doing. And that really cuts into the, the second aspect, which was around security. We saw, obviously, lots of discussion around NSX, including NSXT version 2, which is uh, their cloud version of NSX. Um, Micro-segmentation is a big talking subject at the moment, and as cybersecurity becomes more prevalent, things like GDPR um, are, are driving that, uh, micro-segmentation is becoming more critical for more organizations. We then also had App Defense uh, was launched, which was hypervisor integrated and allowed the hypervisor to offer a level of intelligence as to what was going on in your applications, and to be able to alert about what wasn't normal to be able to then do actions, maybe integrating with NSX and things like that as well. Um, and obviously the final uh, element is all around mobility and, and workspace, which for me is uh, my bread and butter. What I've been doing for a long time now is desktop transformation. Um, and it's exciting to certainly see the announcements around that, certainly around AppExpress, um, which is all around being able to deploy your legacy applications quickly and easily in the cloud with a partnership with Frame. So, so that was kind of a sum up in, in, in a, a, a few sentences as to what I really took away from it. But I, I, I'm really enjoying that the message is starting to be clear now as to how VMware are going to help customers moving forward. Yeah, and I think that's um, and it's actually been a constant theme of the conversations I've I've had with people. Um, is that I think that's a it, it's a challenge, isn't it, for VMware? You know, they built their business, they built their their existence almost on this idea of introducing the world to virtualization. You know, taking physical hosts, segmenting them out, turning them into pools of resource that you then put workloads within. But actually, as the world moves away from doing lots of that stuff on-prem and changes the way it starts to deliver infrastructure, delivers uh, applications, delivers you know, delivers technology in general, how VMware remain relevant in that is going to be challenging. They're not the only ones. You, know, you, you can say that of a, of a number of vendors, and we've seen huge transformations like the likes of Microsoft, you know, re, totally repositioning the way they, they present themselves to the world. But with all that said, uh, and obviously you have, quite, you, you have a, a lot of customer interaction. Um, did you think that what VMware were talking about at the show, you know, did, did that did that kind of fit into the same kind of space and conversations that your customers are having? 
I think it really depends on your customers and your size of the customers because um, VMware up until now has been able to be um, relevant to almost anybody in the industry. As long as you've got more than, I don't know, five or ten servers, VMware has been something that you maybe you could consider for your data center all the way up to many, 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 many tens of thousands of virtual machines. Moving forward, I'm seeing that going to be very different Different because as we move to more of a software as a service world, uh, the end users will naturally go out there and look to move those workloads that would have been running on-premises to software as a service. And I think um, the VMware message then becomes a little bit more complicated. And I suppose we've then got to look more at their mobility. Things like AirWatch Express will be really uh, relevant to those customers that are still wanting to manage and maintain devices. But maybe their traditional uh, space of that hypervisor isn't going to be so relevant. But I think we've got a time before that is going to be the case for most organizations. I think people are slowly moving to software as a service. I think if you're a slightly larger company, um, you're going to be very interested on the VMware where on AWS angle that has now been released in GA, I think in one uh, location in America now. So we've kind of waited a year from the last VM world for that. Um, and, and that is of interest. Um, obviously, that kind of delivers on the dream of being able to move workloads in out using your same tool set as they were trying to do with vCloud Air, but with the kind of the, the power and the energy of AWS behind that as well. And obviously, we're seeing AWS winning in the sort of platform as a service, maybe infrastructure as a service space as well. So if you can kind of get those applications closer to what you're already doing in AWS, that is going to be of interest to customers. So I think it's early days at the moment. I think a lot of customers, certainly in my space, which may be more towards the small to medium, still care about their data centers. Obviously, the data center transformation piece, hyperconvergence is taking off dramatically, and we're seeing the certainly VMware vSAN-based solutions as leading the way with our customers. So it's always good to kind of hear the, the updates and the energy that's going into that. Um, and I think NSX cuts into to a lot of people as well, especially if you're concerned about data integrity, data security, um, and wanting to be able to control the risk inside your environment. Uh, and is there, um, uh, you know, is it kind of as, as we wrap up, I mean, is there um, anything in particular you're, you're fascinated to find out in a bit more detail when you uh, when you get yourself over to Barcelona? Yeah, definitely. So for, for me, it's around all the announcements that we saw around the mobility stack. Um, certainly the App Express um, with Frame is something that's very, very new to me. Um, looking forward to meeting uh, Frame CTO Ruben out there. Um, he's a fantastic guy. I need to understand a lot more what's happening under the... Uh, under the skin. I've, I've been uh, dealing with kind of application and remoting technologies for a long time to realize you've got to cut beneath the, the marketing and actually understand how it's physically going to work behind the scenes because it's one thing saying that you can run a legacy application in the cloud quickly and easily, but what happens about the profile, what happens about the security, what happens about the data, um, you've got to connect all those things together and that's why there's been so many other technologies that have sat on top of the VDI and the RDS market like Res and the AppSense um, for a long time because they're the glue that kind of hold all these technologies together. So Frame is something that is really interesting to me. Um, security, learning more as to what's happening with the hyperconverged stack. But, but for me, what VMworld is all, all about and why I always like to go out there is it's meeting with people, it's speaking to community members, speaking to uh, the execs, uh, going around that show floor and really seeing what the trends are. And I don't, whilst you can watch the presentations online, you can watch the kind of um, topics afterwards, you cannot beat that interaction with the, the rest of the community. Yeah, and I, I, I second that, and I, although I've not uh, not been to a VM world, and that's something I, I think I'm going to look to remedy next year, um, you know, I, I go to a number of shows as, as you do, and, uh, you know, I think that it's that kind of energy and, and community and, and networking, as people like to call it, it's, 
it's those things that are the, the kind of um, the, the real value, I think, of those events. Because all, all the other things we've talked about, you can always find, you know, they're recorded, they end up online somewhere. Um, but what's not recorded is, uh, as you say, that that opportunity to, to meet with your peer group, meet with people, maybe who work at vendors that, uh, that you've known online or you're interested in finding out more about. So, um, so it sounds like you're going to have a, a busy week next week uh, and, and plenty to look forward to. Um, I mean, if people want to follow you online, and I do strongly recommend people do find some of the uh, doodles that you do. I think they were they're a fascinating way to to kind of present out um, you, know, you know what what people can learn and what what you've learned at a show. Um, so so how can people hunt you down online? And of course, it would be very remiss of me uh, not to uh, not to mention your very own podcast as well, which um, I've, I've heard for the first time this week. So um, so why not uh, heavily plug all of those things before you go? Brilliant. Thanks very much. So um, on Twitter, I'm at Virtualized Real. Um, so uh, as it sounds, um, head over to defineTomorrow.co.uk to find all of the content, the videos and blog posts that I produce along with my fantastic colleagues here at Computer World. Um, and if you're looking for the podcast, head into your favorite podcast app, search for Define Tomorrow and you should find the latest episode there. That's great, Barry. Look, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy yourself in Barcelona next week and uh, look forward to speaking to you again and, uh, and catching up again soon. Brilliant. Speak to you soon, Paul. Thank you very much. That wraps up part one of our look at VMworld 2017. For show notes, visit techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. Next week, I'll get some more views on VMworld 2017, including a view from VMware themselves. So to catch that show, why not subscribe? You'll find Tech Interviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.